Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Right, good. Well, you can continue to read and memorize. And when you get it memorized, you can say it to me or to one of the elders uh, to uh, eventually uh, receive a reward. So, uh, but you get the reward as you memorize it. Um, you get an extra reward from the church. All right. I'm going to finish up today giving. And we talked some, talked a good bit last week about how it's done. We've talked about, um, you know, to who we give, why we give. And again, keeping context, in, in mind the context. We're dealing with, with uh, the Eighth Commandment that we're not to steal. So we are considering what we do with our money as God, or our time, or our talents, whatever it is, what we do with it 
what God has given to us and how in turn, very much like we just read, how we can use it to further the kingdom of God. Right? Now, again, within our abilities and opportunities, so the Lord doesn't expect us to give away everything we have such that we aren't mindful of those we have responsibility to. And we'll see a little bit of that this morning. But uh, giving to those whom the Lord enables, whom the Lord's given to us, entrusted us something to use for them. We don't use it as God has intended. We aren't mindful as God intends for us to be mindful. We've stolen. We've stolen from the person that we should have used our gifts for. And we've stolen from God because we misappropriated what he entrusted to us to use for the benefit of others. All right? So that's how it fits. There may be other ramifications as well. But we're looking at it in the context of the Eighth Commandment. Now, we were talking about how we get this done. And primarily, and we looked at some scripture, and it's an individual thing. Now, that being said, it's not entirely individual. But here's the point. It's generally individually discerned. It's generally individually um, known. It, it's, you become aware of needs of people or entities yourself. It would be rare that five people came to this one place and they all saw a particular need and they all said, hey, let's all get together and meet this need. Now, five people may be used of the Lord to meet the need. But generally speaking, and Scripture gives certainly evidence of this, that it's individually where we see and understand the needs of people. Friendships, acquaintances, all right? It's, it's through the individual. So that's, we need to be mindful. We need to be mindful because the burden falls on us individually, primarily. All right? Now, that being said, I want to look at how collectively it may be done. All right? Individually, we may give our tithes to the church. We put a financial statement out here each month. If you look at that financial statement, you will see a number of entities, a number of missionaries, a number of people where monies are used and given. All right? So collectively, by bringing tithes to the church, then the deacons and, and the elders, the committee, session committee, then determine, okay, we, we need to support, we need to give here, we need to give there, we need to help this missionary, whatever it may be. All right? We give as a church, as a member of the Presbytery, of the FPCNA, Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we give each month an amount 
to the denomination. The denomination, in turn, supports missionaries, supports the seminary, all right? So you, by giving here, are giving and supporting all of those things. So your individual gifts, but somebody, someone on the session or committee brought it to the committee as a rule and said, by the way, what about so-and-so? Or what about this organization? Should we be doing something for them? All right? And then it becomes discussed and a decision's made. But it comes generally from an individual within that group. So that's why I say so much of this starts with individuals. But I want you to look at 2 Corinthians Second Corinthians chapter eight. Uh, and we'll we'll look at verses one through four. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now, if you have in the your Bible and you've got maps in the back of it and you look at them, um you look at Paul's missionary journeys, the maps of Paul's missionary journeys, there's usually one or two of them. And you will see that Macedonia was about as far away, apart from Rome, when Paul went to Rome, but was about as far away from Jerusalem as Paul ever went. All right, we're talking Greece, a little bit of southern Europe, all right? Uh, the Berea, Philippi, Corinth. I believe all those would be in that area. All right? So that's who he's talking to. He's, this, this is a letter to the Corinthians. All right? And he's, he's kind of letting the Corinthians know how well the churches in Macedonia have responded here, how, how, how much they've shown and, and done what we've been talking about. To wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. They had all kind of problems. And yet, through that, it just made their willingness to do for others that much more obvious. For to their power, verse 3, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. So these churches, not very rich in the things of the world, but they felt a need to send an offering. So collectively they had gotten together some money. Uh, take a look at Romans 15. You can tie some of these together. Romans 15, 
verses 25 through 27. But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. All right. Going to Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. For it hath pleased them of Macedonia. All right. What we were just talking about in Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. Now again, just, just take a look at your map. That is a long ways away. And in their day, I mean, that was halfway to the other side of the world just about. Um, it, it was a, for them to, to know about it, through Paul maybe, but for them to respond to it, these are people they've never seen. They have no clue. Right? But yet, they felt a need to minister to the saints at Jerusalem. So, collectively, churches together, pooling their funds and sending them to help. Uh, if you take a look at Acts chapter 11. A little more of this. Acts chapter 11, verse 29 and 30. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. If you back up uh, 27, in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, and there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. And then in response to that, the disciples, every man according to his ability. Remember that? We've had that. We've talked about that. It's part of the the the... the context, the limiting, the parameters in which this, this uh, Eighth Commandment applies. So the disciples sent relief to those who are obviously suffering in this dearth. And then 1 Corinthians, back to 1 Corinthians 16. Now how they found out who, who made it known to them? I mean, one of these prophets stood up and told them that this was going to happen. How they happened to think or desire to sin, I don't know. We aren't told how they, how they came to know that. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, right, Galatia is going to be, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Turkey, that area, to modern day, right? If you're going up from Israel, as you make the turn, all right, where the, the, the sea is there, and you come around the coastline, and you're going over, Galatia is there at the top. But you're looking at modern day Turkey. Now, concerning the collection for the saints... As I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, 
that there be no gatherings when I come. All right? So here you've got, at least certainly arguably, is modern-day application, week by week. You bring offerings, month by month, however you give, your tithes and offerings. You do it regularly, consistently, so that there are funds to meet needs as they arise. You know, we aren't all of a sudden trying to take up an offering. Nothing wrong with taking up particular offerings, but you don't want to have to meet the general needs by having to say, by the way, power bill comes due this this week. Uh, need to make sure everybody gives today so we can pay the power bill. Uh, or, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, even we, we're, we're conducting this ministry, but we really don't have enough money for the supplies for this ministry, so we need to take up an offering. No, again, that's that's not wrong in and of itself, but it's not the way you want to go about doing the business of the church. So you have collectively people individually, but the, the monies are collected and then they're used to meet a need. Now, what about, what about institutionally? Because um, I asked before, and I don't know if anyone I asked if anyone had... Uh, knew of any place in scripture where this, the carrying out of this is done institutionally other than the church. And I mean, I couldn't think of anything, couldn't find anything, so I don't know of anything. But that being said, so um, what about organizations who are doing charitable work, maybe religious work, and we could name two or three. But what about them? Do we give to them? Is that all right? Any concerns, Bob? I think you've got to be really careful who you give your money to. Because uh, last week you mentioned the Red Cross, and I also know Okay, so so if you're going to give institutionally, Bob's saying if you're going to give institutionally, you better do your homework. All right, you you want to know who they are and what they're using their money for. Now, the hard part in 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 a lot of these cases, the devil the devil doesn't make it easy for you. You see, the hard part is that some of these organizations will be helping. Who you want to help? All right. They'll also be doing these other things that was just mentioned. So now your your heart's torn. Well, if I if I give and if I do this, then I'll, I'll be helping. I'll be trying to help. All right. What would be Whose responsibility is it to carry out what we're talking about as to the Eighth Commandment? Person. 
All right, so individually. So we got individually. Who next would be the primary entity that uh, would be charged with carrying it out, that you would expect would be carrying it out? The church. All right? All right, now, if that's the case, Let's just talk about our church. And you can pick most churches. There are some mega churches. What they do with their funds, I have no clue. You know, sometimes you see some things and you're, wow, good. Uh, glad they're doing something with their money um, for the Lord. It's at least carrying out something that way. But our church, can can we... I mean, with our size and our resources, can we meet all of the needs in Greenville in the area of, of, of people that are being ministered to by, let's say, the Rescue Mission or Piedmont Women's Center? So can we, can we meet that challenge? And the answer is no, we can't. We can't in and of ourselves. So what do you do? What are the churches in Macedonia sent to the relief of the saints? Now, not everybody's being helped are saints, I'm sure, but when you have these what I'm going to call natural extensions of the church. Is that a fair title to give to them? An, an, an arm, as it were, of the church that's meeting a particular need. They, are, they have people with training. They have a facility, so we aren't multiplying facilities. They have expertise, and they have... Uh, the ability to do a far better job of meeting this need than we can. So, if we in turn, with using our resources, help this arm of ours, as it were, meet needs in the community, are we then doing exactly what scripture would envision. That is, funds, you bring funds in, you can't meet all those needs. You might help somebody get a meal. Alright? You might be able to close somebody, but their ongoing everyday needs, no way. Unless you are just independently wealthy and you take it upon yourself to do that. But generally speaking, that's not within our ability. But collectively, we can help, along with others, an organization that's doing a far greater job and able to do that in a lot of ways. 
Um, again, you have to be careful who you are joining arms with. Back to Bob's comment, you, we, as a church, it applies to us. We do homework. We, we try to check and to the best of our ability, understand who these organizations are getting funds from, who they are associating with, and what the end goal is. And obviously the end goal is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. What about an arm of the government? Now, the Red Cross, I believe, is independent. I don't think they're an arm of the government, but they, I'm sure, get funds and supplies. But um, FEMA? Okay, what about the, whatever FEMA is, the emergency um, disaster relief, hurricanes, tornadoes, fire, whatever? Would you give money to them? Well, good point. Um, we, we, we do through our taxes, Tina mentioned. So, but upon, would you take it upon yourself individually? How, how is it, how, how can we best, let's just, you share with me your thoughts. How can we best help provide relief when some of these disasters strike? What would be what would be a good way to go about it if we're going to help? And usually it comes up, you know. Um, the tsunami hit, and way back we had an offering uh, that was part of a, a, a greater relief fund. But when when the call comes, when the disaster hits. You may have family in the area. So you may, you may say, hey, um, you may bring it to the attention of the church, this, the individual. You know, I happen to know that this whole city, this whole town, half of it got wiped out. There are people there in great need. Can we do anything? So, how would you suggest we go about doing something. Let's say we say, yes, we want to do something. What's the best way to do it? Well, uh, Ben, I'll take you, and then Jordan, I'll get you.
Okay, Jordan? Let me, Ben's, and I'll come back to your other comment too, but through then wherever we're giving, trying to give it, as it were, directed through someone that's local, preferably a church or an organization that we are comfortable and, and have some knowledge of that we're comfortable with. Try to direct it that way. Jordan? Okay, so, so as we hear about these things, again, find out just how true what we're hearing. Sure, okay, so the, 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 the location of the problem, but I think the, the point being, first of all, learn exactly what the nature is. Certainly don't be just giving to some entity that comes on and says, we want to feed all the starving children of the world. Um, and uh, their definition of starving children um, is half of the administration's kids, I think, uh, that's run the organization. But anyway, um, so, and, and uh, and, and Kevin, if I can get you hang on a minute. On, on Ben's comment with the, the, the Christian liberty thing, it's your conscience, right? Who you're giving to or through. If you can give to something that's supporting Planned Parenthood, then, I mean, you're the one making that decision. And it's not up to me to determine if that's the right decision or no. But that being said, United Way would be another example. United Way supports some very good people and organizations that do okay. They also support some not so good. From our perspective, humanly speaking, it may not be that it's such a bad thing in, in the world's eyes, it would be considered very charitable. And what you're trying to accomplish with it would be another thing. So, uh, you, you, yeah, the, the, I mean, the Christian liberty aspect, we, we don't need to be looking at what somebody else is doing with their money so much. It's making sure that our heart's where it needs to be and we're using what God has entrusted to us. The commandments are never something that you apply to somebody else. They're personal. 
all right? Once you do your job, then you can help lead somebody, maybe encourage somebody, uh, maybe instruct someone, but it's not for you to say, aha, you didn't keep the whatever commandment. I saw what you did, and that was a violation. You know, that's not the, the, the purpose of them as such. Kevin? All right, good. Um, making sure, and we talked about this a good bit, the thing that drives us to be aware of what's going on about us to, 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 to meet needs is the love of God in our hearts being shed abroad through us. Um, you, you, you separate it from love, it becomes humanly speaking, may be a good act that means nothing in God's eyes if it's not done with the right attitude. Remember Corinthians, you, though you, you, you give everything you have to the poor, you don't have love, it's nothing. Nothing. So, good. So, Tina? Good. Those, those are out there. And, and, and by the way, last year our denomination had a team that went to Orlando to do work on the church down there to help meet it. All right, wasn't disaster as such, but it uh, it helped meet a need. I think I hope that the point 
um, that, that we're getting is, you know, make inquiry. And coming to your church, if you don't know, I would suggest the first place you start is coming to your church and say, hey, y'all know anybody? You know anything about this? You know anybody there? Can we find out? Do these people need some help? All right? And let then the arms of the church or the collective churches. Yes. As a matter of fact, I know a brother that I went to school with. It's a minister over there. You know, it's interesting how the Lord has his people everywhere and the connectivity in that respect. So you do that. And again, coming back to it is predominantly the, the, the individual. So within your realm, which puts us local predominantly, and the church, which again puts us local predominantly. So if there's a problem somewhere... What we want to do, and the point that was made, we would like to work with and through a local church there so that there is a connect. We not only help provide some food and shelter, perhaps we make some contact with somebody that can minister to their soul ongoing. We can send relief, and it may take care of an immediate need, does nothing for the eternal need. And that's what we want to try to make sure we meet, not to be unmindful of the human needs. Ben? Well, the Lord holds us accountable. We, we are to be good stewards with what he entrusts to us. What we're looking at, what we've been talking about, is, okay, how are we a good steward? How is the best way for us to be mindful and to use what God has given to us for the good of his people? Uh, and we'll go back next time. I'm, I'm at, at uh, proof text 
number six in our larger catechism 141. Uh, we'll pick that up with that next week. But hopefully our discussion, there's no set answer as such other than if you aren't sure, you pray about it. All right? First thing you do. You aren't sure the Lord's giving you something and if you aren't sure, pray about it and ask the Lord to, sh to show you clearly if you're to do something. You know? Um, and you can say to somebody, look, I I'm not going to give you any money, but uh, I'll be glad to come pick you up and take you to church and, you know, our church may be able to do something for you at some point or something. You know, well, you're bribing them to get them under the gospel. Well, no, I'm not. I, I, my response is to a particular need that they brought to me by standing there and saying, well, you give. So I'm responding to them. I'm not just going out trying to bribe them into the church, but I want them to understand that, you know, money's not the answer to all their problems. So, but yeah, got to be discerning. Got to be discerning. Everybody's, there are a lot of folks, there are a lot of folks who have needs, and, and it's hard to know about those needs. Some of them are very sad. Some of them are very real. Sickness, lost jobs, difficulties that we don't know, we have, we have little knowledge of. And you want to reach out and try to help folks. But, as Ben said, you can't do it with everybody. There's just no way it's humanly possible. So, but the ones that come in front of us, all right, Lord, maybe you start the day. If I'm presented with something today, Lord, give me wisdom to know how to respond to it so that I can bring honor and glory to your name and I can use what you've given to me in the way you want me to use it. And that's all the Lord asks of us. It's all he expects of us. Doesn't expect us to meet everybody's need, just to use what he gives us wisely. Jordan? I bet as parents, you kind of wish you could have one of those. <laughs> It'd be, be kind of nice. Good. Jordan's point, it, it's, our, it's our nature 
in many ways to look for the easiest way out. To, to meet, okay, tell me what I need to do, let me do it. And I have fulfilled my responsibility. God says, I gave you a brain. I gave you a brain. And I told you to use it in your heart to ask wisdom from me and I'll direct you. That's individual. That's not, you know, tell me what I need to do. Well, the Lord says, fine, you ask me and I'll tell you what you need to do. But it's not going to be a one, two, three, and here's what you do every time. Kind of tough. Kind of tough. Mark? Yeah, good. And and certainly, I mean that that fits right into what we've been saying. The 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 greater sphere you have of contact, the more able you are to properly discern the need and the better you are, better equipped you are to help meet that need through the local body. Local to wherever the need is. All right? Good. Helps you to know what to do with 90% of the mail that comes in your mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, uh, plenty of that, too. All right. Well, our time's up. So we will, again, pick up then. Now, next week, uh, Dr. Maxco will be taking the class as part of our Reformation uh, weekend. So he will be teaching... Um, the class next Lord's Day. So make sure you're here for that. So we will then pick up the following Lord's Day back with uh, the Eighth Commandment and seek to finish it up. And again, I'm on proof text number six. If you look in the answer, the little proof texts that are given, number six is being wise uh, in, in making sure we take care of who we're supposed to take care of. All right, good. Well, thank you all very much, um, and hopefully our study on giving has helped some. It's helped me. It made me to be a lot more conscious and a lot more <laughs> concerned with what I do with what the Lord blesses me with. And again, we, we, we think in terms of dollars and cents so much. But certainly there's an awful lot more that's involved, time, uh, talents uh, involved as well. So, good. All right, let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your help and your goodness. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the instruction we receive from you through it by the help of the Spirit. So, Lord, help us now to use what we've considered wisely. Lord, give us all wisdom in this area. The days coming, it may become much more important who we help, how we can help, when we help. So, Lord, guide and direct us in that area, we pray. 
Bless in our time between now and the service, our fellowship. May it be sweet and pleasing to thee. And then, Lord, we pray that you would help us by your spirit to worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord, to, to, to have hearts full of praise and gratitude for all that we enjoy through Christ our Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. <clears throat>